If you've got your Bibles, you can go ahead and turn to Matthew 3.11. Matthew 3.11. You know, I don't know if you can tell it by last week, and you'll probably know it this week and the next few weeks. I, have, I am fed up with PC correctness, okay? I've just had it. <laughs> I've had it with PC correctness. Is there anybody else that's had it with PC correctness? Oh, yeah. You know, uh, there's probably not a lot, but is, is there any? I know there's a few. Who in here had Mr. Gray in grade school? There was some did. I'll tell you, if you had, <laughs> if you had Kenneth Gray in grade school, you would not have anything to do with PC correctness because he would line you out, buddy. He would straighten you out. Boy, if he couldn't make a, a young man or a young girl cry, nobody could. <laughs> he, could uh, he could do it now. All right. Matthew 3.11, we're going to be talking about where's the fire. And for some of you older ones, it's not where's the beef. It's, it's where is the fire. And uh, and Matthew 3.11, uh, this is John the Baptist, and he's prior to verse 11. He is speaking to the Sadducees and the, and the Pharisees, and he's telling them about the upcoming judgment and the upcoming uh, the revelation or the coming of Jesus Christ. And he says, I baptize with water those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I, so much greater that I'm not even, uh, not even to be, well, not even worthy to be his slave and to carry his sandals. And he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So today, the question is, where is the fire? I believe, I choose to believe, John the Baptist that was inspired by the Holy Spirit, written in God's holy word, I choose to believe that this is a true statement. That Jesus came... And he is a baptizer of the Holy Ghost, and he is a baptizer with fire. So if that is the case, where's the fire? I truly believe over the last 50 years, the church has played church instead of being the church. Because, see, there was a day in this country that the church did things. There was a day in this country where the churches stood together and they stood on biblical principles. There was a day in this country that if, that if you was a born-again believer, you was going to vote for, uh, for pro-life candidates. It was cut and dried. You didn't have to ask them who they're going to vote for. You knew who they was going to vote for. So where's the fire? Where's, where do we have that inside of us? 
Sure, the church has been walking in salvation and forgiveness. Sure, we've been doing that. You know, we've been walking in things and like I say, salvation and forgiveness, but we have not been walking in the fire. So where is the fire? Where is the fire burning in our minds and in our hearts to stand up for what is right? Where's that fire at? Where's the fire at to vote for the ones that holds our own moral beliefs? Where is that fire at? Where's the fire to spread the love of God? And the word and the statutes of God. Where's the fire to do that? A couple weeks ago, George was up here and he had a thing and they start trying to start a fire. And there was some smoke there and it simmered for a little bit. But they never could get a fire going. But there was some smoke. There are some signs of it. There are some, you know, it looked like there might be a fire, but nobody was really sure. All there was is some signs to it. And that's in the natural, but in the spiritual realm, where we need the fire, see, that's something that we cannot do on our own. You see, you cannot build your own fire inside of you. That's why... John said, there's coming a time when Jesus will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Because prior to that, they couldn't do it on their own. And even after that, you can't do it on your own. It only comes through Jesus Christ. That's the only way we can have the fire inside of us to do the things that we need to do. See, the truth is, whether you know it or not, the truth is you need fire inside of you to raise your kids the way you should. You need that fire. You need to fire the Holy Ghost to love those people at work. Sometimes you need to fire the Holy Ghost inside of you to love your wife and, and your husband. We do. We need that. You know, I truly believe that when the church tries to operate without the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit, it's like tying both hands behind our back. And the only thing we can fight with is our feet. We're so handicapped because of PC correctness. We don't offend nobody. Well, we don't know what they believe. Well, they need to believe the Bible is what they need to believe. We need to stand on the Word of God. We've got to agree about something. That's why the scripture says not to be unequally yoked. Because if two people can just stay focused and follow God, they can agree on most things. And the things they can't agree upon, they don't need to be arguing about anyway. Mm. Without the fire and the power of the Holy Ghost... We are mere mortals, is all we are. We're just human beings. But with the fire and the power of the Holy Ghost, we, com we completely changes us. 
The Holy Spirit swells up inside of us and enables us to do things that we could never do on our own. It changes us. It makes us talk different. It makes us walk different, act different, treat people differently. And that's what we got to have. You know, we can do our own things. You know, I can raise my kids and so can you without the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost. You can do that, right? Sure you can. I can go to work. I just got done uh, putting a piston and rings and stuff in a Honda four-wheeler. I done that all by myself. I didn't need the power of the Holy Ghost or nothing like that to do that. You can go to work. You can do your job. You can buy a house, a car. You can do all that on your own. But if we want to do the things of God and really influence this nation, we got to have the fire and the power of the Holy Ghost. I'll tell you what, when I, when I accepted the call of God, I wasn't signing up for 4-H. Right. Amen. Right. When I accepted <laughs> the call of God, I was not signing up for 4-H. Yeah. I wasn't doing it. I didn't, I didn't do it just so I could be social with people. I didn't do it just so everybody would know my name. I didn't do it for none of that reasons. I did it because I thought that we could make a difference in young people's lives. That's, that's why I did it. <clears throat> so, somebody, somebody asked me the other day, what's the direction of the church? Because they didn't know the direction of the church is going. I said, well, so far, if you just look around, we put a fabulous piece of playground equipment back here. And we put benches around it. We completely redone, redecorated, modernized all the, the youth area back there. It is awesome. Yeah. If you haven't been back there to see it, you need to go see it. Yeah. I'll tell you the direction we're going. We are going in the direction that these young people need to walk in the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. We are going to equip them. We are equipping them from this age up so that when they get to this age, they will be ready to fight demons when they go to school. Now, whether they do that, that is on them. But many of them know that's exactly what they're supposed to do, to take a stand for your biblical convictions. Take a stand for their biblical convictions. We can't do that on our own. We gotta have the power. We gotta have the fire of the Holy Ghost. But with it, Psalms 91, seven, it says, a thousand may fall at my side and 10,000 at my right side. If we'll walk in the power, we can make a difference in people's lives if we'll walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Or you can do this. You can make a positive difference, spiritual differences in people's lives with the power of the Holy Spirit, or you can walk in the natural and have a lot of friends. You decide. I can't decide that for you. That's on you. So where's the fire? 
I'm sure some of you want to argue right now and you're thinking that, oh, pastor, we've done a real good job at the church. Who would have ever thought this big church would be out here in the middle of nowhere? We've done, we're doing good. Everything is fine. A lot of people would say, well, we're loving the world. You know, we're leaning on God's word. We're holding on to our salvation. We're doing okay. Oh, my goodness. Those people, you must not be reading the news is the only thing I got to tell you. You must not be reading the news. And I would agree with, to a certain extent that the church is doing okay. But we're definitely not doing it with fire and the power of the Holy Spirit. We're not doing it with that. You know really what I think most of the churches are doing. And even, even Orchardville Church sometimes. I think we just do it with our own power. And when you do that, you just get our power results. Hmm. Ooh, if things, if we would walk in the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit, things would be different in this country. I t I'll tell you that. If we were loving this world with the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit, these churches, not only this one, but every church would be full. Every church. They'd be confounded. Why are they loving everybody so much? Why are, they, why are they doing all these things for us? Why are they doing that? I think I'll go see why. Mm. Every church would be full. And our nation would not be in the spiritual decline that it's in right now if the church was walking in the power and the fire of the Holy Spirit. June 25th is coming up. June 25th, coming up. And that marks the 54th anniversary that prayer was removed from our schools. 54 years. So you tell me about the fire and the power that's going on in the church. You tell me about all the Christians, and we're supposed to be a Christian nation. And we are, we say we are a Christian nation, except we have to dumb it down and PC it down so much that we don't want to offend anybody. So therefore, you take away the power. Oh, my. I'll tell you what. If all the churches in America that believe that Jesus Christ is the son of the living God, if all of those churches came together and walked in the fire and the power of the Holy Ghost, there would be prayer in school tomorrow. Yeah. It's true. You say, how, Rob? Let me, I'm glad you asked that. <laughs> Let me tell you how. When you go to vote for school board members? <laughs> yeah, that's how, that's how. You find out what they believe. You find out if they're pro-prayer pro or against prayer. And then you vote. When it comes time, yeah, I'm going to say this. When it comes time to hire teachers, you better find out what they know and what they believe. You better. <clears throat> Because if you don't, you will end up a mess. And your kids will be taught things that you never thought they'd ever be taught. 
So we can change this thing. But when it comes time to vote for city council, to be on the town board, that's when you change it. You vote for, for Christian men and women that will do what, what the Bible tells them to do. Don't tell me those little votes don't count. Don't tell me those little situations don't matter. All of those things are so important. Let me I'll add one more to that. If you won't vote your convictions in a town or a county or a state, if you won't vote your convictions there, you're not going to vote your convictions for president. Where's the fire? Where is the fire that compels us when we enter a voting booth that we vote the convictions of God in our lives? I don't understand that. Oh my goodness. And don't even get me started on what's happened in the last few days with the president and this and this mandate he's placing upon all the schools. Let me, just so everybody's clear, the United States of America, we have a president. We do not have a king. A king puts out decrees upon the land. A president does not. Ooh, where's the fire? When it's time to vote for those pro-life politicians. Matthew 3.11. But someone is coming. John says someone is coming. And soon is. Who is greater than I. So much that I am not worthy to even be his slave and carry his sandals. And he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Now I'm telling you this today. That Jesus has came and fulfilled that prophecy. And if we have a desire to walk in that fire and in that power of the Holy Spirit, we can. Or, if we choose not to, we don't have to. The question is, are we ready? The question is, do we have the conviction? The question is, do we want to? The question is, do we have the conviction in our heart to stay with it day after day after day, year after year after year? It's easy to get saved. That's not hard. Just put your trust in Christ and miss hell and bow down here and say a prayer. It's easy to get saved. Every sports team in America knows it's not that hard to get to number one, but what's hard is staying there. Same with with our Christian faith. It's easy to get saved. But to walk it, you need the fire and the power of the Holy Spirit. You got to have it. You got to have it. Hmm. Now, here's the thing. I'm almost done. Stay with me just for a few more minutes. Who can tell me what it takes to start a fire? Takes a spark, right? Some type of spark. It takes fuel. It takes something to get it started, right? And every fire starts small, right? Yeah. 
Every fire starts small. Whether you strike a little match or whatever, it's small. Well, what does it take to make a big fire? It takes a small fire to start with, right? You got to have a small, small fire to start with. And then you got to add something on there, right? You got to add. Now, what happens if you don't add? It does what? The fire goes out if you don't add? I didn't know that. Well, if you take a small fire and add to it, what happens then? What if you add more? What if you add more? Well, what if you add more? It spreads. Ooh. I didn't have that in my notes. <laughs> Woo! See, here's the thing. Small fire, medium-sized fire, big fire. It's our choice. It's up to us. I know what God wants. God wants us to have a big fire. He wants us to do big things. He wants to see all of this fire inside of us. Hmm. So here's what I want to tell you today. I have made a decision in my life that I am going to have a big fire inside of me. That, that's just, that's my, that's my own personal commitment. And you'll have to make your own. So... If you hear about Pastor Rob doing something that's a little bit crazy or a little bit over the top, just know the fire's getting bigger inside of me. Okay? I refuse to let the fire go out in my life. I refuse to. And you know what? I'm the only one that can control it. Here's what it takes to have a fire burning inside of you. First thing it takes is humility. Oh, nothing will quench the fire in your life like pride. God can't work with that. He can't throw, he can't put love on top of pride. He can't put peace and joy. He can't put power. He can't put his power on top of your pride. He can't do it. He, he won't do it. So it takes humility. It takes God's word. And it takes prayer. That's what it takes. Humility, God's word, and prayer. And if you will combine those three starting today and do that for a short period of time, you'll feel that fire starting to burn inside of you. You'll feel it start to change inside of you. I've made up my mind. But you know, hey, you know basically what I'm saying when I say I've made up my mind? You know what I'm saying? I'm going to follow God. I don't care what you think. Ugh. <sighs>
And let me make sure you didn't misunderstand that. I don't mean no matter what you think. I'm not, I'm not talking down or speaking down. I should say it this way. I'm going to follow God no matter what anybody thinks. Okay? See, one day I'm not going to answer to you. And I know where my power comes from. I know where my strength comes from. And Carlin, I know where my salvation comes from too. I love that this morning. <laughs> I love to hear you talk about where you were and where God has brought you from. Woohoo! <laughs> I don't know. I know. My wife gets onto me every time I do that, but I, I like it anyway. I don't know. I don't know. Oh, well. I told you, Chris, I'm, I'm sold out. I'm, if I do weird things... <clears throat> Stand with me, please. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. Oh, we love you, Lord. You know, in the natural, the first thing that has to be determined before anything changes is to admit things need to change. If we all think our life is fine the way it is, there will never be no change. It's only when we realize that, hey, we need more. I need more. Only then will we start looking inside of ourselves and looking toward God, and we can start making these changes. Bow your heads with me, please. Heavenly Father, we worship you today, and we praise you, Father. We thank you, Father, for your word, and we thank you for your son, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. Father, we just pray, Father, that everyone in this place will know that your son is the Savior of the world. And if there's anyone here today that has never asked him to come into their heart and forgive them of their sins, that they can do that right now. Heavenly Father, touch their hearts. Prick their hearts, Lord. Let them know, Father, that there's a better way. Let them know that there is a power greater than they are that can take care of their situations, that can take care of their sin and make them a new creation. Make them the individual that he intended them to be. Let them know, Lord, that it's not about their past and that God is not concerned about their past, but he's concerned about their future. So I ask you today, do you have that fire burning inside of you? Do you have the power of the Holy Spirit working in your life? Or is your fire about to go out? Does your fire need to burn bigger, need to burn brighter 
if the answer to any of those questions is yes, I ask you to come to the altar this morning. Jesus is the one that brings this fire. He's the one that baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I ask you to come now. Please come. Please come. We won't, we won't wait long. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. to fail to run.
member of the family of God. What's your name, hon? Becky. Woohoo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Becky, before you get out of here, we have what we call a survival kit. It will help you get started in your walk with the Lord. And please, if, if you live around here somewhere close, come back so we can help raise you up, okay? Stay with, stay with the Lord and we'll help grow you and walk with, we'll help you with your walk with the Lord, okay? Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord. It is our prayer that you have been blessed as you've listened to this message. If you would like to become a partner with this ministry, please contact us here at Orchardville Church. You can visit our website at orchardvillechurch.com or you can contact us by phone 
at area code 618-835-2677.